Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast, round two with Darius Rankin, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Welcome back, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? I, I'm living. I'm striving. Okay. I'm striving. Um, You've been on the podcast before. I have. Uh, the first episode we had together was kind of talking about self-education, and um, we were talking, and we wanted to do a continuation of that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Before we hop into the topic of today, um, why not remind listeners and viewers or for folks who haven't been with us from way back when and they just started listening why not introduce yourself to them right so i am darius rankin i'm a brand consultant um designer and illustrator Mm -hmm. i'm also one half of the mind to get podcast so if you haven't seen it make sure you uh, look us up on itunes spotify wherever you listen to podcasts yeah and i'll have those links in the show notes for sure but thanks for being back on man no problem um i guess i asked you the topic for today and you were like you versus you Right. And I was like, oh, that hit. Yeah. You know, um, what's on your mind, man? Why that topic? Um, well, for me, that's been my greatest battle is overcoming myself to get to where I want to go and where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, if you've listened to the last video. I mentioned that I was going through a depression and that was part of the thing I had to get out of. Yeah. So that battle with that is like an ongoing struggle. But as soon as I feel like as soon as you conquer that part of yourself or overcome yourself, then like there's like no limits to what you can do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people could resonate to that or anybody who's woke, enlightened or, or actually have some self-reflectiveness about them mm-hmm. can uh, can attest to that because. I'm the same way where I could look at my habits. I could look at the things I do on a daily basis. And for the most part, they serve me, mm-hmm. but there's a good amount that don't serve me. Yeah, And um, it's kind of, where's that balance? I think my biggest struggle personally is finding the balance between, you know, self-gratification and, and work ethic, because I've been told by some people I work too much and then exactly like yeah what? can you work too much but because personally i feel like i'm not working enough same i so i get the, i get the same thing though like you're doing too much cause yeah. like i go to work and then i get home and i go back to work let me do a little case study then who tells you that you're doing too much um well my lady for one okay uh, i was gonna say yeah. don't be specific because i wasn't trying to call anybody out in particular i, I mean but yeah <laughs> um, um but just people around me but you know people who are just as motivated as me no, like they get what I'm trying to do and where I'm trying to go. Exactly. No. I was going to say, because the comparison is when I was in high school, um, I was a sprinter, the 100 yard dash, 200 yard dash. And everybody would tell me I'm fast, mm. but they weren't the runners. Mm. Among the runners, I wasn't that fast. So I want to relate that to the people that t- typically tell me, oh, you're doing too much. Oh, man, you're always working. You know, they're not a runner. Right. They're not that ambitious but when it comes to comparing myself with those who are already in the ambitious state those who are starting businesses and those who have who've reached a certain amount of accomplishment in their lives yeah i'm not doing enough right and um it's it's a balance i play with myself because i would agree i'm doing a lot um i also agree that i'm doing too much i also don't want to burn myself out because There's times where um, 
and this is just full transparency, full honesty. Like I'm, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. What you, you know? mean don't make? When I say, I, I mean that might sound a little uh, extreme. What I don't know if what I'm gonna do is gonna work out. I it's it's a it's a risk every single day. Um, modern man, anybody who follows the modern man, you know we we put that out each and every single time. We don't know what it's going to look What's like, and there's a commitment to it. There's a financial commitment, and you know I take that on, not knowing what's going to happen. I take that on, not knowing how many people are going to show up. I don't. I'm not sure how it's going to be received. Um, same thing with this podcast. Yeah, you know we record it. We spend hours, Andre edits it, puts it together. I'll write up the show notes and I'll put it out. And yeah, I could see the feedback of the people listening, but you know, sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes down. What if it right. goes down and never comes back up? I, it's scary. I, I deal with some of the same things because we also have podcasts. Mm -hmm. So, but for me, like as long as I'm doing the work to actually do it, that's what I actually enjoy about it. Mm. So I can overcome like whatever the results are, the results are going to be. But as long as I'm putting that work, then I know at least I did the best I could to get where I'm trying to go. Yeah. Cause it's one thing to to quit before you start and then complain about not, you know, being where you want to be. But it, you can't really know how far you can go unless you try to get there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So every time we put out a podcast video, I know we did the best we could at that time. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to see what's going to how it's going to turn out. Absolutely. Yeah. And you kind of could look in the mirror. You versus you. Knowing you put that work in, knowing right. that you, you did the best you could at that go around. Um, the biggest thing for me with this podcast and with my job on air and even with things I do every day is asking myself, was it to the best of my ability? Right. And if I'm being 100% honest, not every single time. I think I mean, that's perfectly natural. You, yeah. You're not going to be 100% all the time. Yeah. You know, you're going to have some misses, mm -hmm. you know, but that's that's just a part of the game. Yeah. You know? Um. I know personally for myself, I don't I don't quite have the same struggle with you because I think I naturally, over the course of like finding out who I am and what I want to be, mm -hmm. I kind of naturally like gained a certain balance for myself. Like I know when I need to take a break. Yeah. I know what I need to do. I don't mind taking a nap in the middle of the day. That's cool with me. Mm -hmm. You know, but I know when it's time to get to work, it's time to get to work. Mm -hmm. I can get off of work and then go home, take a nap, make sure I feed myself. And then, hey, I got to hit these books for like the next three hours. So I got to edit this video between such and such. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as I set that time out for myself, I'm I'm going to do it. But that took a long time to actually get to that point. Yeah. You know, because um, for me personally, like I was saying, like during my depression, I came to a point where like I may have been like 25. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm like working at H.H. Greg, not in my field. You know what I'm saying? Just something out of the blue. And I'm like. I'm trying to, I'm frustrated. I'm trying to figure out how did I get here and why am I not where I want to be right now? Yeah. But it wasn't until I stopped like blaming outside things and like looked at myself and, you know, I had realized, you know what I'm saying? I look at my portfolio. I'm still using stuff from college. I've been out of college for like four years. Mm -hmm. My portfolio is trash. Um, I'm not really dedicating my time to certain things that I should be like uh, drawing, studying design, things like that. So it wasn't until... You know, I really took a look at myself and I came to the conclusion, like, if I don't want to be here, mm -hmm. I can pull myself out of it. Absolutely. And that was like, that's to me, that's like the most empowering thing like that person can go to. Yeah. I can change my situation if I work hard to change it. Now, it's not going to be easy, you know, but for me, 
personally, living an unfulfilled life is harder than actually working to change it. Mm. Like, because yeah. it's going to be way harder to just, like, repeat, go to work, take care of the kids, go to sleep, go to work, take care of the kids, go to sleep every day than it is to actually grind for a little bit to get where you have to go. Yeah. And for me, that was like the most powerful thing that ever happened to me because now I'm like, I'm on my I'm on my job right now. Yeah. You're on your way. Yeah. I would say, what's the big obstacle for most people in taking on the blame themselves? Because I could look in the mirror and I've, man, I, I'm reading different books and, and different things I've been in. Like I self-reflect constantly. How could I have treated that better? How can I improve on this? And I'm always tweaking myself. I, I did a post not too long ago um, about, speaking of you versus you, um, pretty much there's nothing someone has told me about my work, about what I do, that I probably haven't told myself. Mm. You know, I've critiqued myself, I've judged myself, I've down-talked myself, but I've also spoken myself back up. And I do that because I'm constantly in a self-analysis state because I'm trying to improve myself. Right. And when other people, I'm getting to a point when other people start telling me things about, oh, you could do this, you could do that. I have a certain level of confidence now where I'll listen, I'll take it for what it is, I'll try and apply it, but let me let me try what I'm doing too. Let me yeah. let me try my style. Let me try my because I didn't just come up with this out of the blue. I didn't just wake up like I'm going to do a podcast. I read a couple books, articles, the the structure, things like that. I did my due diligence before I decided to do my style. Right. So when people throw me different styles and different things, I'm going to with all due respect I'm not doing this off the top of my head. There's there's research and due diligence behind this. I hear what you're saying. I appreciate the feedback, but let me see this thing through before I throw something else in there. Mm. And I think it's really important to have that kind of resilience in that line to kind of trust yourself because well, that, that it's takes not, some, not that takes some effort to build. I know when I was uh, going through what I was going through, um, I got this thing where I have like an inner counsel. Like I'm constantly like. I'm not only like judging myself. I like I actually have like full conversations with myself. Okay. You know, yeah, some people yeah. think that's crazy, but I think that's actually kind of healthy just to like have dialogue. You need expert opinion. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but during that time, that voice in my head was uh, a negative. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't so much to get better, it was to put myself down. You know How what I'm so? saying? Um it's if I'm if critiquing myself is one thing, but like if I'm if I'm trying to like say I'm trying to draw on a picture because a lot of people assume because I'm an artist that I got a lot of confidence in my skill, mm -hmm. but it's quite the opposite. We can get into that later because it's it's a whole thing behind that. But if I'm sitting down to draw a picture and I'm struggling, it's a voice in me that's like, "See, you're not you're not good at this." Mm -hmm. It's not saying, "Okay, we can do this, do this better." It's yeah. You don't know what you're doing. You're not, you're not who, it's like kind of like an imposter syndrome. I was just going to say, you know what I mean? I've had that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, and you have to really, you know, call yourself and like, uh, remember to be kind to yourself and speak mm -hmm. kindly to yourself to like boost yourself up so that when somebody else gives you an opinion, you don't take offense, like defense to it. You can be like, oh, okay, this person yeah. is just trying to help me be better. Like I'm trying to be better for myself. Yeah. You, you know, I think that's something that you have to train to work at, or is that something you have to like develop or how that do, is definitely, how someone kind that's of both, that's both one thing that can be put into you. And one thing you have to ultimately develop for yourself. Mm -hmm. 
Because for me, during that time, I had lost the positive voice in myself. Mm. Because when I was a kid, I was fearless. Mm. And like, I, 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 thought I, was, I thought I was the man, you know what I mean? Yeah. To a certain degree. And that was partly because like my mother, she put that in me. Like every day mm-hmm. she called me like a genius. Oh, you smart. Mm-hmm. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. But like, you know, as life goes, the more you grow up, the more experiences you have, the more you start to doubt yourself. Yeah. So that was a large part of my life where I had lost that positive inner voice. Mm-hmm. And especially when I was like at my lowest and I wasn't where I wanted to be, then that's just all that was coming. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, every now and then. That that same voice is still in you. That you know that positive. Oh, you you can do this. You smart. You know what I'm saying. But you have to choose to listen to that voice and block out. Yeah. You know the 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 negative voice. How do you make that switch? How do you make the switch from the negative to the positive? Because I think there's a lot of outside influences right. that can help. I guess magnify or amplify one voice or the other. Um, ultimately, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. And you have to, if you're trying to go in a positive direction, you have to make a choice to listen to the to positive side of yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's easy if you if you conscious of it, you can recognize it. Because I remember being in a situation where that same situation, if I'm trying to draw something, and a positive voice goes, "Oh, that looks good," I, I recognize that voice and like yeah, it does look good. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. doing all right out here. You yeah, know what you I mean? Right. You right. You know, that's that's dope. That way, and you listen, You just learn to gradually listen to that voice more and more mm-hmm. and make an active step. And there's a lot of stuff outside of, you know, just doing work or whatever that can yeah. help you lean to that positive. It's, you know, doing everyday stuff and committing to it and mm-hmm. completing. Like, you got a pile of laundry, yeah. you know, and you, you say, I want to get it done by the week. I mean, it's, not, it's nothing to do with, like, your overall goal in life, but it'll help you build confidence. Just mm-hmm. being able to complete that task, like, hey, man, I'm going to do um, fold 10 things a day until I get this out of the way. Yeah. You, you said know? you're going to do it and you did it. And you did it. And you build that confidence. Yeah. I think it starts by giving too. Okay. The, ultimately, if we if you break down everything, it starts by giving. Because in order for you to be conceptually in, in tune with yourself and realize what you're going to accept, you have to give it. Mm. In order for you to accept something, someone has to give it back to you. Yeah. Um, and I'm not one to be given things. I don't, I don't like when people give me things. However, you, you get what you put out 100%. Mm. And I know there was a turning point in my life um, about, I guess it's about two years from now, um, where I had an incident late one night. Someone had stole my iPhone and I went, I found it on find my iPhone. It was only me and him in the gas station. I had confronted him about it and he reached up under a seat and I just took off the other way. Mm-hmm. Swerves out the parking lot. And that day I was like, what really matters? Like, yeah. what really matters to me? You know what I'm saying? And every time, every single time I walk my dog downtown, like just to see the people's face when they see my dog, they, I don't even care if they look at like nine times, well, about seven times out of 10, they'll, they'll acknowledge me the other three, four times. They're yeah. just like, oh, mm-hmm. it's a, that's a pretty dog. But every single time they see my dog, they smile. It's a bulldog. And it's just that joy yeah. that they see, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And then eventually... Like once they're once they're smiling at my dog, they look up at me and they're like, "Hey, you know what I'm saying?" Yeah. But my dog gave them the happiness for them to give it back to me. Mm-hmm. When you both of you, everyone in this room knows when you're walking out of town, people give you that, yeah, that smirk, the smile, you know, that little that just that smirk, yeah, right? Creepy, but smirk, yeah, like, yeah, just that little like, eh, we got to say hey because we got to say hey. Mm-hmm. But when you give happiness, when you can give out compliments, when you can give out that positivity, yeah, people will give it back to you over time. And slowly start to see that that's what you're about. Whether you know it or not, that's what you're about. And it's, that's what it turns 
you slowly into. It's funny because I was going to just ask a question about personality types, right? And, and the difference, because mm-hmm. I have a personality type where I'm a bad receiver. I don't mm-hmm. receive presents well. I also don't receive compliments well. Like people be like, mm. oh man, you're so good. I'm like, nah, man, someone's lying to you, you know? But like, I, I feel like, I mean, that's the, you know, so I'm trying to get like you, dog. You yeah, know what I mean? that, exactly. That whole thing. I, it, I'm, to, I'm like that to an extent. It's almost like a deflect. And someone called me out on it. They're like, you don't take compliments well, you know? Someone's like, oh man, you're smart. You're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not. And they're like, stop that because you're going to believe that you're not smart because what people can't compliment you, you know? Because, and I think it's because I'm, constantly trying to tote that line of where confidence ends and arrogance begins mm-hmm. i don't want to be arrogant right mm-hmm. but you want to have confidence in in your skills you want to take ownership over your surroundings it's like um one day i was at at work and you know i'm taking ownership over my craft i'm trying to improve and i said something I was like oh man something that was uh, i didn't know that was in my show and somebody was like your show and i'm like I didn't mean it like that. Yeah. You know, like I'm just taking ownership mm-hmm. over the, the show around me. It's just as much your show as mine. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'm learning how certain words could be triggered and that could be taken the wrong way when in my head, yeah, it's my show. Yeah. And I don't mean that in any disrespect to anybody else. Like right now, it's my podcast. Yeah. It and it's, it's it your is. podcast yeah. too. But having that confidence is what's going to allow me to have the air to speak my truth and and be authentic and i'm trying to tap into that more without feeling sorry for it i think that's we a lot of like man like that's that's <laughs> something but for like different reasons that's something i kind of struggle with too but it's more so like i don't want to be arrogant but it's like a forced humbleness mm-hmm. like i know like i know when i did something dope like yeah I, I do but i don't <laughs> like time i don't build, i don't big myself up the way i should mm-hmm. like yo that was dope that is fire you know what i mean because some of it is because I don't want to be arrogant, and a lot of it is because I was in a place where I didn't think I was so great. So it's mm-hmm. kind of always a balance between are you that great and, like, you don't want to be that arrogant. Yeah. So it's like a sliding scale for me of where I land on it. Like, every time somebody gives me a compliment or gives me a gift, mm-hmm. like, you deserve this. I'm like, do I? I mean, thank yeah. you, but, you know. <laughs> Like, so it's a, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a struggle like that for me. Yeah. yeah. Talk a little bit about, because you did allude to confidence in your artwork, and, and you said there's a lot behind that. With, with anybody listening, right, and if they're listening to this podcast, chances are they have something they want to work on, whether it be themselves, whether it be a business of their own, but they want some form of fulfillment in life. And I believe you have to have a craft. You have to have um, a hobby or a passion project in order to really find that fulfillment, something you do for yourself. Um, but when you do that, let's say somebody wants to play, play the piano, take that up. When they first touch those keys, I mean, they, they might have the best taste in music. They know all the classics, you know, Beethoven, Bach, you know. But when they sit down and they touch the keys, it sounds nothing like right. it. Right. Because they haven't worked on it. Yeah. yeah. How do you get through that? <sighs> Man, this is a, it's a whole journey with me and like art. Um, we got time. <laughs> for me, like I basically been drawing like all my life, and you know, like we all start drawing like every, as kids. First, we do crayon, mm-hmm. and you know, start doodling whatever. But the only difference I see between me and like somebody like you is I kept doing it. Like you know, kids find other interests. Like I want to play basketball. I want to mm-hmm. play video games. But I just sat there and drew. Yeah, and I remember. I remember, like, way back in, like, 
fourth grade classmate got mad at me, and he was like, because he wanted he wanted to be able to draw. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he came to me for advice. And he was like, "How is it that you draw so well?" And I was like, "Man, just imagine what you want to draw, and just keep practicing until it looks more and more like what you think it should look like." He got mad because he was like, "What's the secret? Like, what's the <laughs> what's the what's the catch? Like, how do you get to this point?" Yeah. And it was that's that's actually a part of my struggle for me. I never felt like my talent of drawing was like special. It was something I could do just because I did it a lot. Yeah. So in a way, that hurt me in the long run because I didn't feel like I was doing anything special. And if you know me, see, I don't, I don't want to say Eric, but I'm like a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, if you just put your mind in whatever you want to do, you can learn how to do it. But that's actually a detriment to me because I just did it. Because I could do it, not because I like I had a passion for it. Mm. If I'm just sitting there, I'm just doodling whatever I can draw. That's cool. I like doing it, but it's not something I was really passionate about. And like because I because people saw me like being able to draw, like my family was like, "Oh, you're gonna be an artist. You're gonna be this." And that. So that became my identity. Like, oh yeah, I was. I guess I'm the artist. You know, I can draw. You know, I guess that's what I'm gonna grow up and do. But yeah. you know, deep down, it's like it's just something. You could do it too if you wanted to. And it wasn't until like the eighth grade, this dude, um, let me tell you something. Now, he was an artist. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And I saw his work and. See, you just said that, but it was someone else in seventh grade who was looking at you like, now he's an artist. Yeah. See, and I, so and I, I didn't have that when perspective. When you take a step back, yeah, you got to look and realize, because like this whole conversation is like the title of the episode is you versus you right it's not you versus them versus you yeah right (laughs) so when it comes to you setting that standard of success you said you setting that standard of did i make it am i am i the artist that's up to you yeah i mean because the same when nike started no one they weren't like um this is the this is is this going to be the best shoe they said no this is the best shoe right and it might not be the best shoe for you, but it's the best shoe for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I might not be the best artist for him, but I am for her. You see what I'm saying? Where everyone is, you got to set that standard and 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 go with it at the end mm-hmm. of the day because your your standard of success is what matters at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Because and that's if real. You do this if you do this to become the number one artist in in South Carolina, mm-hmm. and let's say you achieve that, you're you're gonna be like, okay, now what? I'm fulfilled. Like now mm-hmm. what? But what if you set out to to be the greatest artist you've ever seen, or the greatest artist? Sub, you, you see what I'm saying? To set out level to, right yeah, yeah, something else. It's something yeah. different. Now. And I was like, level. how can I surpass? Or what if you set out to to mentor to to build someone to be the the greatest artist? You see what I'm saying? That to where it's like, what yeah. success do you want? Do you want to be success in, in and your I, mom and, and dad's I wish, eyes? Or I, do you wish want to be I wish somebody in your would eyes? like you know like devil's there to tell me that when i was yeah. a little bit younger yeah and perhaps if i had been more open about you know what was going on somebody would have been able to give me that advice mm-hmm. yeah because like when i saw this dude's drawing i was like that's what passion looks like because mm-hmm. i realized i didn't have what he had yeah mm-hmm. i drew when i got I, when i was bored yeah you know what i'm saying he drew because mm-hmm. he, he wanted to do mm-hmm. it he'd be in the class doodling after mm-hmm. school waiting on his ride doodling and i was like man this yo that's what passion looks like i don't yeah. have that Cause I was unfocused as a kid because if I wanted to learn how to do something, I would just go do it. Yeah. And I and so like at the, in the eighth grade, I'm like having a midlife crisis because you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm like, what am I gonna do for the rest of my life? Because that's what passion looks like. I don't yeah. have that. You yeah. know what I mean. So 
that that really affected me and like so what did you allude to huh what did you allude to after that what was the the stepping stones or your reaction moving forward after eighth grade after eighth grade i still drew but it was it wasn't ever the same i don't think i i had gotten it like my rhythm back i wasn't Mm -hmm. excited about it anymore because you know it was a bar set and i think it was always i couldn't i couldn't be that good but i was just gonna say something because you said there was the bar set and you said you couldn't be that good yeah did that level scare you is it that you said you couldn't be that good or was that the moment you realized you're not willing to do the work to get that good both Mm. both because it was a realization that i i I was not that good Mm -hmm. you know i mean art is subjective and all that but the, the the boy had talent, you know what I mean. <laughs> like if you would have saw him, like what he was doing, like he yeah. was like professional. And also, I realized I wasn't putting in the work to do that. And I don't know if I care about it. I that care much. about it that much. Yeah. Like I said, you know, it's kind of something that was put on me. Like, oh, you the artist, you doing this, you doing that. And so, I would, I would, I began practicing more, but not. I don't think for the right reasons. It was like you know, I kind of proved to myself, but. Mm-hmm. I still wasn't passionate about it. So it was like, I've always had like a love hate relationship with like actually illustrating. And for the longest time, I didn't know what I wanted to be in life. You know what I mean? I just played around with a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. making beats, all type of stuff, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever I put my mind to, you know. I will say that that's better than what some people do is they see the options of everything they can do and they do nothing at all. Mm-hmm. You being a jack of all trades, I kind of went down that same route where when I was in high school, I used to play games. Mm. and I was a gamer, and I was good, but I wasn't phenomenal. I wasn't great. Right. And then I saw other gamers who were really good. I started playing with some really good gamers, and I'm like, how are you guys so fast? And this is the yeah. other thing. And they had a, they had a souped-up system. Mm-hmm. And that's where I learned in high school I built my first computer because I was yeah, like, oh, me, these. I'm using the Xbox Elite controller all day. Yeah, you got the Xbox Elite mm-hmm. controller. I don't even know what that is. See, that's I'm, how I know you mm-hmm. watch me right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about the mouse and keyboard. It's more accurate. Ooh. It's more accurate. But that lag will kill you. you, bro. Yeah, that, that lag, lag is that lag will get you. Bro. So, that lag is something ridiculous. So right away as a kid, I'm like, man, I got to up my RAM. Yeah. I got to do this. I built a new computer. Go in for computer science. From computer science, I end up switching over to broadcast meteorology. From broadcast meteorology, I end up now morning anchor, but... I have all these little things I dabble in through college, mm-hmm. snowboard and, and all that. And me and my fiance walked into a pet store once and the guy started talking about the fish. And I was like, oh, so those are African cichlids. I was like, that's kind of a lot of African cichlids to have in the thing. And I started talking about the pH balance and how like for, per fish you need X amount of gallons of water and stuff. He's like, yeah, you're right. This is just temporary. And Jess was like, how do you know so much? about taking care of fish because like, I had fishes sometimes mm. and I realized something where I spent so long like you not really having an aim mm. I would just learn new things things that would interest me for a little bit I'd have the phase and it'd move on but it's made me well-rounded mm. I could hold a conversation with just about anybody about anything right. mm. and I'm thankful for that and now that I'm slowly honing in I'm 31 years old and I'm still honing in on a path but I think a lot of people they see all their options and they, just, they choose nothing and then they get to a point where again it's you versus you they say well i don't know what to do do something because i was going to ask you in the drawing and you meet and you realize you didn't have passion for it whatnot what comes first the passion or the doing i think it's the doing 
Mm-hmm. I'd agree. I think it's the doing, man. I mean, because yeah. even so, the me me experimenting, doing all these things, yeah. you know, I enjoy doing them, and you know, it helped me find out what I didn't like and what I do like. Mm-hmm. And you know, it took me a long time to actually like find the the passion and illustration mm-hmm. and everything like that. But it, I had to twist twist my the way I thought about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I got into graphic design. For I guess the wrong reasons, if I'm being honest. Like my mom was like, "You going to college?" <laughs> and then she's she felt like because my sister was already going and she filled out the paper. She's like, "Just check check a box what you want to study." And I was like, "I guess I do design." I mean, that's the only thing close. Mm-hmm. But I learned that in order for me to be like passionate about design and illustration, I like the mental aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Like I like just helping people discover like what's in their head and like helping it bring to life. Yeah. So I, I like I like the psychology behind it of mm-hmm. like trying to, you know, design something that connects with somebody else. Yeah. And and that's what I found passion through. And it took me, it wasn't until like a couple of years that I got to that point. I'm 28. So mm-hmm. that was like 25, 26 that I even got to that point. So yeah. it was like the first 26 years of my life until I actually, you know, found out what to do. And there's people that don't find out, you know, what they want to do until, Later on, by no fault of themselves, it's just they haven't even been exposed to to something, you know, that moves them like that. And that's what makes sense because, I mean, anyone that follows you on social, I love your posts and everything. And I've always, um, you fascinate me, man, because I feel I'm intrigued. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your design stuff because I love seeing your perspective of the world. Hmm. And when I say that is, um, honestly, I mean, there's billions of perspectives of the world. But every time I see you share something, an enlightened question or whatnot, I'm like, man, I wonder how Darius sees the world, how Mm -hmm. he sees this or sees that. And you have an outside of the box type thinking, which is highly logical, highly applicable, yet separate from what most would see. Mm. And I like that because I'm kind of somebody like, as like an intellect, right? An intellect likes to be challenged mentally. They like that, huh, moment. Yeah. And a lot of your posts, a lot of the things, and they might not even be your posts, it's something you share, but you'll share it. And like a lot of times I'll come across something you share, you say, or or something. I'm just like, huh. Mm. You know, like that's a different perspective I didn't think about and I appreciate. How do you see the world what is your lens like as best as you could describe it to the listeners? Because obviously I know I'm asking you what the color, what's the color blue and you can't really describe <laughs> How the color, do you describe blue? The color blue <laughs> you know? to a blind man. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> it is. That is uh that's a deep question, Ted. I mean, partly I guess the reason why I'm so passionate, like just having conversations is, Nothing is ever quite as it seems, and mm-hmm. there's like always a why behind something. Mm-hmm. So as apparent as something seems, I'm sure there's a, I try to put myself in somebody else's position or just come to the conclusion, I don't know what I'm talking about. Let me, Agreed. let me, you know, ask some questions and see if what I believe or what I think is actually correct. Because if you want to know my overall 
is actually kind of negative, but mm-hmm. I'm 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 like I'm I'm a nihilist. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So to me, none of this matters. Yeah. But at the same time, the fact that it doesn't matter is why it matters. Agreed. Because I choose what what matters to me and I act on it. So that makes it like ten times as special. Mm-hmm. So when I take interest in you know, uh, subject or what's going on. And I'm thinking about, hey, man, how can I make this better for everybody? You know, that's how I approach it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a lot of issues going on or whatever. People have their opinions or whatever. But if it's for the betterment of people, why not investigate it and try to make sure, you know, the majority or if not all people can enjoy it. Yeah. And, you know, what's going on. If it's, that makes sense. It I does. I kind of rambled for a no, little bit, but I don't know. It does, because I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down in terms of um, the movie Troy. I love the quote Brad Pitt says in it, um, talking about the gods. And he says, the gods envy us. Mm. And she's like, why? He goes, because we die. And because our time on this earth is finite. Right. Everything is more beautiful. And I was like, man. I mean, that's that's one way to mess up your Tuesday. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> you know? That is dope. But it's that's, it's that's a nice quote. It's something kind of like to reflect on as you see that as okay, wow. Because time is finite. Because the things in front of us, the things around us, this conversation, um, when it's over, what are we going to take from it, and what are we going to create from it? You know, what are the listeners going to take from it? Because I believe, and what I'm kind of focused in on life right now is, um. After time goes on, I'm going to be dust, man. You know, I'll, I'll be to, to whatever you believe. I believe I'm going to be up in heaven looking down, be like, oh, I did that. I did that. Mm-hmm. But um, the things we do will ripple. They'll echo and they'll have the slightest effect, but could be a positive or negative. Right. And I just want to be the positive in and the equation. To me, that's the most important thing. Like, like, I know I'm here for a certain amount of time. So there's only so much I can devote myself to. So why not work? To make, you know, it a positive impact to help somebody, you know, that I may not even see a couple of generations now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I mean, that's what it's all about to me. Last question, because uh, we're coming up on time. Um, it's actually, I've never asked this question on the podcast. What would you want your great, great, great grandchild to describe you like? So I, I say great, great, great just in terms of you're being described to your your offspring generations down where they don't meet you personally or know you personally. How would you want to be described? Um, I would hope I'd be described as a a intellectual, somebody who's uh, kind and fair. I want to be known for my compassion Mm. and you know, that I I left some type of mark on the world. Like I did a, like a great good, you know, that people can, can really resonate with yeah you know i like that man we'll work towards it right yeah man there every day <laughs> appreciate it brother no problem that's man. all the time we have for today but i think i see you had notes too we, yeah we might have to do a couple more episodes we together down have, the line it might have to be a recurring guest and i'd love to come to mind the gap podcast oh you know you always have an invitation man <laughs> yeah and of course if you guys made it to the end of the show make sure you check out darius the mind the gap podcast i'll have those links in the show notes and of course uh, any other links where you can connect with him on social and connect to see some of the things that they're doing but uh if you made it to the end there were a lot of tidbits to get here you versus you um i love how you said as long as i'm doing the work i know it's okay um and 
living an unfulfilled life is harder than trying to change it. Mm-hmm. That was huge. And then be kind to yourself. I think our self-talk can really get in our way. We can keep ourselves down. Finally, I love you said something like, what's the catch? You know, mm. um, when you're, you're doing all these things and you're good at them and someone's asking you like, man, how'd you get so good at drawing? What's the catch? There is no catch. You just got to do it long hard enough to work, get good. Man. Yeah, just hard work. Well, Darius, thank you, man. I'm excited to see uh, see you on the podcast again sometime in the future. Can't and for the listeners, yeah, we're going to have him back. We promise. Um, like we always say at the end of the episode, guys, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. All right. You. The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.